Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By. As always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me right here on the pod. Uh, really looking ahead... Um, and briefly looking back, no games were played since the last time we recorded a little bit earlier in the week, but uh, that doesn't mean that we're not going to come in here and talk Denver Nuggets basketball, have a, a couple thoughts that I just want to um, share, and then we'll look ahead to the game on Thursday night, which is on TNT, Warriors, Nuggets, the last two NBA champions sharing the same space for the third time this year uh, and first time since Christmas Day in front of that primetime audience. Um, before we uh, look ahead to that, a couple things that I wanted to get to. Um, one, and I will just start with Nikola Jokic, um, who has missed two shots in the last three games. Two missed shots in the last three games. That is um, almost impossible to do when you're uh, scoring double figures. Uh, six of seven in the Charlotte game for 13 points. We talked about that earlier in the week. He did not shoot the basketball until about a minute left in the first uh, 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 half. That was totally calculated for reasons that are unbeknownst to me, but it's the Joker. Uh, in the loss against Oklahoma City, 9 of 10 from the floor, and then that perfect triple-double last week against the Memphis Grizzlies, 11 for 11. And I would be curious, and I don't know the answer, of like when... What other time in NBA history did someone go on a three-game stretch when they scored in double figures in all three games uh, and missed two shots over the course of those three games? It's just unusual. Now, um, here's the part where I tell you I don't like it. (laughs) I don't like it. And you say, Zach, how how could you um, not like uh, Nikola Jokic missing only two shots over the course of three games? He's not shooting enough. He's attempted 17 total shots in the last two games, 28 total shots in the three previous games combined. Guys, we've we've seen Nikola Jokic shoot more than 28 times in one game this year, and and multiple times. It wasn't just um, you know one one time. We've seen him do that multiple times. Um, what I am saying is here, uh, the, the the middle ground needs to be found. And I guess it doesn't need to be. Uh, in, in, particularly, the Nuggets are um, scorching hot. So I guess it doesn't need to. But if this thing is going to be running uh, uh, at its optimal performance, the best player in the world has got to shoot the basketball a little bit more. I don't think that's an unreasonable take. <laughs> so um, I'm going to look uh, for Jokic to shoot more uh, against the Golden State Warriors on Thursday night uh, on TNT in primetime. Um, he just needs to uh, find that balance, and he will. Look, this is a supercomputer of a basketball player. He will, uh, but I-, I hope that I don't see another game this year where Jokic shoot, shoot seven total times in, in a game. That is um, borderline unacceptable uh, for his uh, ability, barring, you know, a blowout, uh, uh, you know, of you know a blowout win where he doesn't have to at all. But I guess you could argue that was the case against Charlotte. So, but I am looking for him to shoot the basketball more, and I think he will against Golden State. I think it will be required. Um, Golden State is a small underdog in this game uh, uh, on Thursday evening. Um, this is uh, a group that the Nuggets have beaten twice, okay? The Nuggets uh, beat the Warriors earlier in the season, uh, and I forget that score. Let me pull it up for us. Uh, 108-105 early November, 
okay? That game was in Denver, all right? Jokic went for 35 points that night. Then you fast forward, they play each other on Christmas, and the Denver Nuggets win 120 to 114. Remember, that was without Draymond Green, who is still, the the Warriors are still without Draymond Green, and actually the report is today that he's going to be returning to the facility and starting to ramp up uh, uh, for the rest of the season. Um, What you think is the rest of the season. With Draymond, you never know. Um, But uh, this is going to be a tight game, and one that, if I'm being honest, and you maybe even be listening to this after the fact, and however you're listening, we appreciate it, Um, but since it's the day of the game, and that this doesn't air on a lot of our social channels uh, until a little bit later in the day, you, you may um, have watched the game before listening to this or watching this podcast. Uh, I will just come out and tell you, I do not feel good about this game. Uh, typically, my instincts are pretty good on this type of stuff. Not perfect, but probably three out of every five times where I'm like, man, I just don't like the feel I have. Um, I kind of have that feeling tonight. Now, that's not, that, that's not a damning sentence. The reason I just don't feel good about it is because... Um, the Warriors are just so uh, Jekyll Hyde. They really are. They they are not a great team anymore, and I want to talk about them and and uh, relative to, to to the Nuggets big picture stuff here in a minute. But um, this is a team that had lost three in a row. Is coming off a win against a pretty good Orlando Magic team, uh, one twenty one to one fifteen, and he, I just believe in my gut. This is going to be similar to the first two matchups. It's going to be a tight game. You're talking about like six and four point wins or whatever it was for the first two matchups. Um, are you going to go to San Francisco, to the Bay Area, and beat them for a third straight time? That may be a long time since the last time that that had happened. Um, So I'm just, I just feel a little bit uneasy about it. Um, But but we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll see what it looks like uh, on Thursday night. A couple other things here that I wanted to get to. Um, The first batch of NBA All-Star voting results uh, have been turned in, and outside of Jokic, there's really no other nugget to be found, okay? And um, at the time of recording, these were released uh, earlier this morning, and only Jokic uh, is among the top 10 in Western Conference, either front court or guards, all right? Obviously, he falls in the front court um, category, but he is third in voting behind LeBron James and behind Kevin Durant. Uh, Durant. Do do I expect that um, uh, to be the case? Yeah, kind of. Do I expect Jokic to pick up more votes as uh, this they, they continue to gather the, the ballots? I do. Uh, whether he does or doesn't, I really don't care. Um, but what I know perturbs some um, members of Nuggets Nation is that they want a secondary all-star, right? And, and that was almost used in the case for Jokic's MVP candidacy here in recent years of like, hey, how can this team be the number one seed? not have a secondary all-star, and not get the MVP as well? Like, how does this all live in the same universe? And it does make sense, really, when you lay it out like that. It really does. Um, because you can't kind of have your cake and eat it, too. But when pressed of who that all-star would be, um, you, you know, you're, naturally, your brain goes to Jamal Murray, right? And Jamal is playing better here uh, as of late. But at the end of the day, Jamal Murray has missed a bunch of time this year. Right, missed a bunch of time. He's played in uh, 21 games. I think he missed 14 games. I believe it was Uh, maybe 15 games, somewhere right in there. But that's significant, right? When you're only talking about um, you know playing 34, 35 games of a season, and you've missed that many. So I'm not surprised, guys. I'm really not. Um, And then on top of that, Jamal Murray kind of started the season uh, slow, right? He's not averaging uh, uh, 20 points a game 
uh, just yet. He's inching closer to that mark. But if you look at um, you know his uh, his start to the season, go back to October um, and go back to uh, November. You know there was some there was some moments that you know it's, you know twelve point games, fourteen point games. Um, but th- that's okay. I'm not. I am not worried about All Star uh, uh, candidacy. I'm really not. Um, now that being said, they're going to still gather the votes. You can still vote for Jamal, and if Jamal continues to play well, um, I expect him to uh, inch closer to being an All Star with the championship bump he should get from a year ago. And you would like to believe that the the what happens in the previous postseason should be different than a regular season honor. You're right, but regardless of you being right. It's just human stuff. Uh, it's human beings voting um, on basketball players. And the lasting impression that Jamal Murray left in people's mind from last year's postseason um, was incredible and impactful and dynamic. So if it's between, you like, I mean, goodness, like, like Clay Thompson is ahead of Jamal Murray in Western Conference guards. Austin Reeves is ahead of Jamal Murray in Western Conference guards. I don't think anyone actually believes that those guys are better than um, Jamal Murray, and you want to know, you know who's, you know who uh, is is uh, significantly ahead of Jamal is John Morant. Look at all the time that John Morant missed. Um, so it's one of these things. Like, should Jamal be ahead of Luca or Steph or Shea Gildress Alexander or Anthony Edwards? No, not not in my opinion. Um, but should Austin Reeves and Clay Thompson be ahead? No, not at all. So this is where actually nights like Thursday night on TNT, it actually. It's a little bit heavier on the scale. It's a little, it's a little bit weighted because it's a, one of these national TV games and, an, uh, and a chance for Jamal to, um, you know, um, I don't want to say correct the narrative, but um, just make some hay. Just make some hay in these type of conversations if you even care about them, right? If you even care about them. But I think Jamal does. Jamal's never been an all-star. Um, I think if you were being honest, you know, he wants to be out there. Prideful guy, right? Basketball guy. You want to be out there. So um, we'll see uh, what happens in the evolving voting of uh, the NBA All-Star uh, team. Right now, I think it's totally fair to only have Jokic in there, but um, I reserve the right to change my opinion based on more information, more games played uh, for Jamal Murray. Um, and then really outside of that, there's not really another candidate, truly, if, if we're just being real, um, uh, outside of Jokic and Jamal. Would, would you put Aaron Gordon in the All-Star game? No. No, you wouldn't. Um, uh, do you want that guy um, when your season's on the line in the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah, you do. You do. But you're not going to put a guy who's averaging 13 and 6 into the All-Star game. Um, so I know maybe uh, some uh, um, fans don't want to hear that, but I'm just keeping it real. I'm just keeping it real. Um, this is big picture stuff that matters to this team. And I don't look at All-Star, uh, All-Star games and All-Star appearances as, as big picture stuff. Um, not when you're hanging banners anyway, right? Um, okay, uh, a couple other stuff I wanted to get here to here. Um, there is a, um, and this was this is pretty cool if this continues to catch traction. Trade deadlines uh, a little over a month away, all right. And you have these offshore uh, gambling websites uh, that post odds about the next um, most likely landing spot, right? We did this with Tom Brady or Kirk Cousins or you know. Um, you know, whoever, right? And Jordan Clarkson's, uh, the guard from Utah Jazz, who's a perennial six-man-of-the-year candidate, uh, he was listed as the number one most likely landing spot to be the Denver Nuggets. I can't 
have the full um, breadth of this conversation without knowing what it would cost. And I really don't know what that looks like right now. This is in the infancy of this conversation. But I do, my, my imagination starts to run wild a little bit. When you start talking about a, um, a score with the talent of a Jordan Clarkson, with the pedigree of a Jordan Clarkson, that guy is a damn microwave. He heats up in a hurry, okay? And he uh, is a second-leading scorer uh, on Utah. He averages 18 points a game. Uh, you guys know him like I do. He's a bad boy. He is a professional scorer, and that's different from a guy who just scores the ball. Uh, Jordan Clarkson has a unique ability to put the ball in the hoop. He's not too old. He's 31 years old. Uh, I believe it's the final year of his contract, which is why he's in these conversations, right? Danny Ainge is running things over there in Utah. He's going to try to wheel and deal, get some picks, right? You know him. Uh, But this guy is a menace. Uh, Jordan Clarkson is an absolute menace. We've seen him average as many as 21 points in the NBA, as recent as last year. So if if the Nuggets were to somehow um, add Jordan Clarkson to their second unit, I just have to put my brain in a pretzel to think that a, a, a healthy Nuggets team would lose four times in a two-week period in the NBA playoffs. I just can't see it. But who would you be departing from in order to uh, secure that deal with Utah? What does that look like? Is it a pick? Is it a pick and a player? Probably, right? Uh, and we'll continue to have these conversations uh, uh, if this um, continues to hold some relevance. It's so early. I don't know how realistic it is. I really don't. Um, but if this is still kind of on the radar in a week, we'll start putting together maybe some potential packages of what it would look like. But I wanted to mention it uh, because it's incredibly intriguing if you were to add that type of firepower uh, to this basketball team right now. Um, and then real quick on the way out, man, um, you know, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago leading into the Christmas Day um, uh, matchup against the Warriors. I do think we're seeing the end of an era in Golden State, uh, a really good era. I think the Golden State Warriors have been so good for the game of basketball. I really do. They, they brought the game um, to a, a pure form of sharing the basketball and, you know, the most dynamic uh, uh, pair of shooting, shooters that we've ever seen in the history of the sport, right, and Clay and Steph, and the way that they played together, the way that they were organically built, all right, um, and the way that Steph revolutionized the game of basketball. And he's still playing at an incredibly high level, but there are some similarities uh, and, of course, differences between the Nuggets' uh, current um, uh, iteration uh, and then the, the Warriors. But they are similar in a sense where they were both homegrown. They were both kind of anti-NBA until Durant arrived, of course. Um, but you had the, at, at the centerpiece, at the nucleus of both of uh, uh, the championships that they won are guys that played the game in a way that we had never seen. One's a really, really small guy. One's a really, really big guy. One revolutionized the game by shooting it in a way we had never seen and stretching the floor in a way that we had never seen. The ball handling, the finishing, um, the unique leadership, uh, the unique personality. And then you look at Jokic, the way that he skins his cat in, in a way that we had never seen and distributing at the center spot in a way that we had never seen. The efficiency in a way that we had never seen. The, the statistical accumulation in a way that we had never seen. And also such a different personality as well compared to uh, other NBA, NBA uh, champion alpha dogs. And uh, I think there's more similarities, not from a personnel standpoint, but from a DNA standpoint on the basketball court than there are differences. And um, 
this these matchups are coming to a close. Um, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I just I believe the Warriors, um, you know, are at the very tail end of a dynasty. I don't think they'll ever win another championship. I don't think you'll ever see them in uh, uh, in NBA Finals again. I, I don't think they'll ever advance to a Western Conference Finals uh, with their current makeup anyway, without really um, sending some pieces off and trying to redesign that entire operation. So um, enjoy it. That's 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 what I'll finish with. Enjoy. Uh, that basketball game uh, on Thursday night on TNT. And then whatever happens, you know, we'll be back next week uh, to talk about uh, what happened there and over the weekend. Guys, if you're watching us uh, on YouTube, and no matter how you're watching or listening, we appreciate it. Uh, but uh, we have a, a, a certainly uh, an emphasis on YouTube uh, these days, uh, like so many others. So we would love if you were to like this video, subscribe, turn the alerts on so you're never missing a, a Mile High Hoops podcast again and we would certainly appreciate that that would go a very long way um and uh real quick uh just to set the table uh thursday night golden state that's tonight uh friday back to back against a, a pretty solid orlando team that's at the end of a, a of a road trip uh and then sunday against detroit and uh that will uh, wrap up that three game package here uh between thursday friday and sunday uh three games and four nights and then we'll be back on tuesday to talk about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast.